A, B, C. A always, B, B, C closing. Always be closing. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, it's another episode of Scared Money Don't Make Money. Uh, we have a, obviously a great guest for you today because we like to try to keep the content and the information in our guests top notch. Um, you know, I'm going to let her introduce herself in a minute. As always, we've got your boy Roy. He's got his, uh, his smart glasses on today. Got them on today. I'm ready. I'm ready. We're happy about that. Um, but I'm going to let her introduce herself, tell you a little bit about her. But uh, we are very excited to have her today. So, uh, ma'am, it's on you. All right. What's up, Cam? What's up, Roy? I am so humbled and grateful to be here today. I feel special that you guys have actually like thought about me, little old me, actually be a part of, you know, you guys' this episode because I've been seeing that you guys are actually not playing around. You got like big people, you know, coming into, you know, you guys' podcast. So I'm truly, truly grateful for, for being here today. But anyway, my name is Marianne Navarro, retired chief. And Cam and I met briefly at um, Keesler when I was there um, serving as a career field manager and um, group superintendent for the mission support group before I retired. So just quick, I always say just a quick, like, you know, uh, brief about me or whatnot, but it always ends up kind of getting long, you know, because when the passion kind of kicks in, you let the spirit move you and next thing you know, oh, okay, that's a little too long of an introduction. But anyway, like I said, you know, I'm a retired chief, you know, I've served for about 23 years. As far as jobs that I've held in the military, I started off as a surgical tech you know, and I did not know that my blood sugar be dropping. I was a surgical person that's operating. Next thing you know, oh my they're calling cold blue on me because <laughs> I'm on the floor, right? Because my blood wow. sugar dropped. So the Air Force was like, hey, we can't do that. Right? <laughs> and then so they retrained me. And back in the day, they, you know, we're talking about a couple of decades here. Um, you know, they just told me, hey, pick a job. You can either be a cop, supply person, or a personnel. And it's mm. direct duty. So yeah. I'm like, I ain't trying to be a, no cop. Uh, I, I, I can't mentally really do it to be a cop, you know, especially like back then. Yeah. And um, supply, I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I went with personnel, right? So direct yeah. duty. But anyway, you know, um, across my military career, I took advantage of um, being a PME instructor as well. So I served as oh, a man. instructor. Yeah. yeah. I taught at Airman Leadership School in Kadena Air Base, Japan. Oh, and, man. And, I also taught at the NCO Academy there and cap, you know, capstoned my career there as yeah. a commandant. So, mm. you know, and then went back to my career field, then made chief, um, and then I became the career field manager for military training instructors and military training leader. I was actually the first female that held that job that the mm. two-star kind of like merged yeah. um, because they wanted a different perspective in in AETC then, because it was shortly after we had that shenanigans with uh, them, right? The old so, shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans, you know, and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, I finished out my career as a group superintendent uh, at the mission support group at Keesler. I um, actually turned down command chief um, opportunity. Yeah. And I'll talk about that, you know, here shortly as far as why I retired, because everybody was like, what a doggone minute. Not not Chief ND, right? Because they call me <laughs> ND, Navarro Davis, right? Mm. So they called me um, by, by that nickname because everybody know knew that, you know, I was oh, in yeah. for the long haul, right? So yeah. I retired really, like, so abruptly. Um, 
you know, for my children, you yeah. know, so when you make E8 and E9, like, it don't even matter, like, you know, what you're trying to do with the family, right? You know, yeah. because oh, yeah. they, they're going to move you. Air yeah, Force going to yeah. be like, we need you here. It's mm -hmm. time to pack your bags. It's only sure. been 15 months. Look here. Let's yes. go, right? Yes. And then you're like, okay, you know, I didn't know that, hey, I already gave you like 18 years of my life. Yeah. And now you're going to want more. But during that, you get the high, right? You get to be a part of the top 1%. You're like, oh, my God, no, I get to make a difference <laughs> as a chief. You know, when you're E7, yeah. E8, you're going to make a difference, but you don't really count yet. You know? So, um, you know, so I'm like, yes, you know, I'm a chief. And then, um, you know, I applied for that job as a career field manager. And I was a chief select then, you know, I competed with seasoned chiefs for that yeah. job. And, um you know, long behold, you know, God always has his plans for us, right? Like yeah, I, was, I was hired by the two stars. So that was one of my best jobs, most challenging, yeah. but most rewarding at the same time. But my, my kids suffered, right? You know, yeah. our kids, mm -hmm. our family, you mm -hmm. know, we, we actually um, take them for granted. You know, oh, like yeah. we talk about mm -hmm. this all the time, you know, how, how our leadership would always say, hey, you know, um, People, people will always going to be the first thing that we say yeah. we should take care of, right? You know, yeah. um, people first mission always, but let's be real. Like that doesn't always happen, right? You know, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I was that chief, you know, I was all like, I was actually telling my therapist today, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, I just put a thing on my Facebook today yeah. about, hey, you know, what end the freaking stigma? Because like, if you need help, like, I can be bubbly like this. I'm like this all day, but that doesn't mean life doesn't hit me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've been seeking therapy and counseling for the last four years because life is hard as a single parent to three oh, yeah. boys taking <laughs> care of my mom and now freaking COVID got me teaching second grade shit. So Ooh. I'm just like, man, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys kind of probably feel that pain, right? You know, Roy, you, you know, you, you're, yeah. you're kind of doing that stuff too. So, but yeah, so I retired from my children because I kind of saw in their eyes that I were moving again. I'm like, I lost friends. Like my oldest one would always still to this day blame me. Like, you know, you ruined my life. You ruined my, my high yeah. school or whatever, all that type of stuff. So, and then when I was married, then my husband, my husband then told me that, you know, I really appreciate, you know, I admire how your airmen just love you. Right. You know, because yeah. I go all in at work. So, um, but when you come home, yeah, you have nothing else to give. Yeah, you have yeah. nothing else to give. And that kind of hit a dagger in my heart. Like, oh, snap. I couldn't even argue with him, you know, because most of the time you're going to think, especially if you're married to an mm -hmm. active duty person, you're going to think, man, you know this, this is the freaking grind. Like, you know, yeah. of mm -hmm. all people, you're going to be, I, I wouldn't even think of you to be the, the, the person that's going to tell me this. You should understand the grind, right? That's the mentality that I yeah. had then because I'm mm -hmm. like, man, come on, man. Well, I'm, I'm trying to like grind for us, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I was freaking wrong. Sounds so you know? familiar. So, <laughs> yeah, man. So I retired and I was like, you know what? Let, let's do this. And during that time, he already got out. He got out at 16 years. I couldn't even, as the chief, I had my chief hat on. I had my wife hat on. I had my mentor hat on. Like I could not get this dude to see the light at the end of the tunnel because I couldn't even ask him to say, suck it up for the next four years, right? Because everybody yeah. has a story, a different story yeah. Yeah. in their 
career in the military. Not all of us are going to be lucky and have always sunshine and rainbows and it's going to favor us as far yeah. as our career moves are concerned. That wasn't his story. So four years to him is like freaking four years in freaking prison, right? So, mm. you know, I'm like, whatever you do, I'll, I'll support you regardless and all that type of stuff. So that was kind of like the main reason why I abruptly retired and I had to request, um, you know, waiver from my active duty service commitment oh, yeah. and stuff because I still haven't really completed my 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 term as a chief but yeah. no kidding when i didn't think it was gonna get approved when it <laughs> approved, i'm like oh snap yeah. i'm gonna be out in 90 I, days I gotta right? be out. yeah and then all of my airmen were like what like you know because sometimes you gotta move in silence right well all the yeah. time you, gotta, you need to move in silence because you just yeah. never know yeah. you know who's hating on you or who's gonna support you right so you just kind of like move in silence and let your work speak for you, right? So yeah. that's what I did. And um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, though, like looking back now, I have no regrets, yeah, you know, yeah. because mm -hmm. if you do it for the right reasons during yeah. that time, whether you think you're doing it for the right reason or not, or you're not even sure if you're doing the right thing, guess what? Whatever kind of feeds in your heart and you're doing the right thing, it's always going to be the right decision, right? So. Yeah. But as long as you do it for you, but if you do it for somebody else, it's never going to be right. And you're always going to yeah. kind of like look back and regret, damn, I should have not retired. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I miss my airmen, but I don't miss the damn political, <laughs> political, yeah. Yeah. happening, all the doggone staff meeting and all that stuff that's happening right now. Right. You know, so, I try to support yeah. from this platform and still mentor airmen and stuff, but Hey, you know, at least I still have that reach with this platform that we yeah. do have. That I still yeah. have airmen. They still send me their EPRs. They ask me, hey, chief, what would you do in this situation? Mm. And that's what filled my cup, right? So yeah. my void yeah. is kind of like filled now because yeah. I did not necessarily lose that touch with my you, 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 you get all the, You get all the good things out of it without yeah. the, yeah. With all yeah. the, without the PC. So, I mean, that's all the shackles. You're like, yeah, you're without like, the I, don't have, I don't have to sit here and be like, Right. Talk chiefy because I'm in the middle. You're like, no, nah, I can tell you straight up like nah, that's bullshit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Somebody actually just made a, a, a comment on someone's timeline today. It's like, you know, I know some of y'all Air Force leaders out there want to be ratchet, but you just want to be a closet ratchet because you're just looking out for your own life hey, or whatever. Hey. I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with that. If you're ratchet, you're ratchet. People are just going to have to accept you. But if you're 100 ever since you're an airman, and they followed you through it, guess what? Yeah. You don't change for you. No new friends, just like what Drake said, right? You know, yeah. the friends that you actually got when you were growing up, those are your true friends. And the Bro. new friends try to get with you, you might have to like kind of look look at them with an extra like, you gotta take you off your glasses and be like, hold on, like, why, yeah. why do you want to be cool with me? Exactly, like, right? Why do you yeah. want to be cool? But you yeah, know what, so that's though? one thing that I say, you know, that I'm blessed with because I never really changed. Like a lot of people who's known me for mm. a couple of decades in the military, like even my 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 bosses when I was an airman's like, dang, you ain't changed. And I'm like, yep, that's me yeah. all the way as an you airman, can. all the way to the chief yep. status, you know, and stuff. So and I think that's what really um, helped me resonate with the airman because I'm not that chief that yeah. just just wear the stripes or or yeah. just not you know, you know, like transparent or just authentic, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I told I, you I get to talking. So you guys. Yeah. Just no, you're like, good. No, I, I was going to say like, I'd rather you talk to sit there like, 
Ask me a question. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> like, I think you, but you, you said something that always a lot of people don't take into consideration. And it's like your story, your reason, like what drives you, what motivates you? Because a lot of times, and I see it on timelines now, like, man, it, it kind of hits to what you were talking about. Like, man, like, should I stay in? Uh, like, how do I get my spouse to understand or mm. like right. push me to be achieved or whatnot? But everybody got to have a reason. And that reason sometimes, majority of times, has to stay within those decision maker bubble. Like, right. like your spouse, you, your children, mm. maybe you're a very close friend, but... Yeah now you see so many people reaching so far outside of their group right. and ask and asking people who has no way to sympathize, empathize to your situation. Yep. And they're commenting like, Oh, well maybe you should think about doing this. And I'll just be sitting there scratching my head. Like, Oh, that was, that's how it was whenever I crossed, I, and I crossed over, from active duty, Royal tell you like, cause like I'm all over recruiting. Like I'm like, I'm the I don't, I don't care anybody say I'm one of the faces of recruiting. Like Air Force recruiting, that's my jam. Right. Don't even lie with that stupid face you make. <laughs> <laughs> but when I but it was the same thing. Like it all happened very sudden for me. And I remember when I crossed over, you know, people to this day, are, bro, like I can't believe you left. Like you you were you were supposed to change things or like you were gonna. And I'm like not nah. like I had to do it for my family because I looked at. One of the things I looked at was my, my oldest, she not built like me, you know, like I went to three different high schools, 13 different schools growing up, single mom, only boy, like, and I'm straight, you know, and, but my, my oldest ain't built like that. And so, and then not only that, like I had, you know, I didn't want to be in Pennsylvania. I wanted to do the job, but I just, I didn't want to be there. And I was like, man, like I'm, I wasn't ever telling Adrian, I was like, I don't want to be here, bro. Like, and uh, I was like, I love recruiting so much, but I don't feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Right. And she's like, then maybe you ain't supposed to be here. And so um, I'm like, when this guard stuff happened, it was the same thing. Like, you just gotta, it's hard. Cause I haven't asked, I told Roy, I was like, man, I'm so scared <laughs> like, to do it. But like you said, if you're doing it, if you're doing it for the right reasons though. Um, yeah. And it's been wonderful. It's been a blessing. Like it's been, you know, it's been amazing, especially with COVID. Cause now, we spend more we spend more time together as a family in this nine months that I've been here than I have in the 10 years I've been married yeah wow yeah like that's one good thing that (laughs) brought to our lives right a lot more time with family whether they get on your nerves or not you know but like like let's be real you know it's it's so many crazy things happening you know, in this world, a lot of ugly things are happening that are kind of just coming to the surface. We know the crap existed, right? You know, <laughs> it just it existed back in the freaking 90s when we were growing up or even yeah. 80s. It's just we didn't have no freaking smartphones back then, you know, to, to be pulling it up and just record when you see something going on down the street or whatnot. You know, there's a lot. I mean, even if we, you know, talk about like racial inequality in a military yeah. life, like, come on! With like all these things that you are just realized that yeah. just happened. Up. No, 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 yes, this is a 2020 no, no. problem. That's that's what yeah. it is. And I'm like, look, right. you know, like I, I, I would invite anybody that says that does not exist because I yeah. will give you all types of scenarios that happened to me. Yeah. You know, 
as a female, as a brown female or whatever, you know, and a lot of people would say, oh, you probably climbed your way up to the rank using your, your looks, your charm, whatever. I said, I will freaking, you know, throw punch you, you know, <laughs> for saying that because I work hard for everything that I've earned, you know, mm. throughout my career and stuff like that. But Roy mentioned something about, you know, like having, you know, like the, the decision makers in, yeah. in, you know, what, you know, what you want to do in life or whatever. So I call them my board of directors, right? But let's be yeah. real. Like our board of directors, like, look, mama, you get yeah. to sit on this table, yeah. but yeah. your vote don't count now. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Vote like, don't like, count. Listen, listen, <laughs> right? Like you're, be that, you be that. Table, <laughs> yeah. like your vote don't count. Because sometimes, like, let's be honest and be real that sometimes our family are the ones that that kind of like go against yeah. what we're trying to do right you know yeah. so i always tell my people my airmen that hey if this is not your dream you're not gonna really do well with it you're not yeah. gonna thrive mm -hmm. in it if this was your mama's dream i don't know if you guys listen to joe coy right so part of my yeah. heritage is <laughs> yeah. right mm -hmm. filipino and spaniard and joe coy talks about all the time how filipinos are a bunch of nurses doctors and all that yes, field yeah. right? because male, that's male what the culture. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. right but you're going to see a lot of those, if that was not their dream, they freaking hate it, right? So yeah. that's why he's talking about everybody named mama and my family are nurses. And my mom always like, you know, like, get on me because I want to be a comedian. You know, True. like he, he's, mm -hmm. he's speaking truth right there because sometimes when you're part of a culture where, you know, um, that is something that they push so hard because they live a hard life and they think mm -hmm. that that's the end all be all career. The end all, yep, yep. You know, you're like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm the only one in my family that's probably in the, in, not in a medical field. I'm the only one in my family that's in the military, you know? Yeah. And, and like looking at that stuff now, they're like, man, you know, like now it kind of like shifted gears because at first they were like, what like you're doing what now you know that's why when i came in i told my recruiter i need to be in the medical field because i felt like i had to yeah. fill that gap so yeah. i can kind of fit in this mold that mm -hmm. i would not feel some type of way that i'm not associated with my family roots that they're all going on the medical side of the house right so yeah. but yeah you know that board of directors is so key. It does not have to be your nuclear family because sometimes mm -hmm. they're going to be the first one to freaking drag you down, right? Especially mm -hmm. when that negativity is there and that relationship is not too well. Guess what? You know what? You, 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 you get to sit on that table. That's the first, that's the first one. I mean, but you know what though? Like when you, when you talk about the family and the culture, that's what I try to tell a lot of different recruiters because a lot of times you have people like, oh, well, I need to join or I need to go into this field or I need to do this and I need to do that. And a lot of times you have to filter through all like, look, what are you trying to do overall in yeah. life with what are your goals? Yeah. What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? Yeah. Like, well, like, cause like a lot of times when they say, well, I got to get into the medical field and I look at them like, okay, do you like throw up? Ugh. Do you like right. urine, feces, like all, yeah. like all the nasty stuff? Like, right. ugh, no, that sounds so nasty. So why? Oh, yeah. why? Yep. Would you want to be around that on a regular basis? Exactly. Yeah. But it goes back to that, that, that key part that 
a lot of times we don't talk to as as an organization is the culture and right. that is like understanding and taking that time to really understand why people feel the way that they feel like right. for me growing up me joining the military wasn't something that i was supposed to do like right. you ain't got no mm -hmm. business in the military yeah. but i look past it of course around my board of directors not like now nah, i still gotta do it you may say i don't need to but now nah, i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna, I'm gonna go right. ahead and do it right yeah no for real man and and it's sad because um that cultural shifts and that cultural perspective is so key especially in the recruiting side of the house yeah. or being a leader period you know because mm -hmm. how you were raised is going to be totally different perspective looking at a different lens from somebody else's perspective right and that's i think that's where the huge void kind of happens because sometimes when we're so focused on a mission or focused on just getting tasks done and we don't understand why this airman is not doing so well in whatever career field because we did not really dissect deep enough as far as how their upbringing was what kind of beliefs did they have did they actually go into this job knowing that this is what they want to do it yeah. sometimes you know the the donut is filled with this jelly but they didn't know how the hell damn jelly got in there right yeah. mm -hmm. and sometimes in life we have to kind of like put pull that freaking jelly out and put new jelly in there it's something that I want the strawberry damn jelly. That's from your book. I see. That's yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So, and, and 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 that's so key because sometimes when we, when you ask someone, "Hey, what's your belief?" and they tell you what their beliefs are, and then you ask, "Okay, why is that your belief? Like, where did mm -hmm. that come from?" And then they look mm -hmm. at you like, "That's a great question." You know, yeah. like they don't even know because. You know, growing up, especially in this American culture, you're kind of like a robot, right? You know, like when we get into this whole entrepreneurial um, conversation right here, you know, like I tell people all the time, I'm part of a multi-level marketing business, right? Did I grow up saying, I want to be a network marketing? Hell no. I was the first one to run away from a network marketing business back yeah. in the day, a decade ago, because I thought it was a scam, right? Yeah. But we lived in a... Uh, a culture or a nation where we were taught the American dream is all about going to school, going to college, getting a job after college, getting a freaking house, all this stuff that was pictured right in our head growing up. That's all we know. Right. So if we don't go to college, you almost feel some type of way as far as, um, man, I don't yeah. fit the mold per se. Yeah. Right. I feel some type of way that now I, I'm kind of below that person, but it's not really that. I mean, they uh -huh. look at all the, no kidding, the top 1% people. Most of them are freaking high school dropouts, right? Mm -hmm. Look at Gary V. Gary V quit freaking high school, right? Yep. You know, but, but the work ethic, the grind, the grit that these yeah. people have is because yeah. they've been through life and how life actually threw all kinds of curveballs on them, but they persevered, right? Because sometimes tenacity will freaking um crush talent all day right we oh, talk yeah. about hard work and oh, yeah. talent all day yeah. right dude yeah. talent sometimes ain't gonna show up now nah. that damn talent <laughs> i don't care if you can shoot however you know a uh, hundred shots with you know uh opportunity that you're given but if, if if you don't show up with hard work or grit 
that you might not make that 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 shot right or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah I, I i'll argue all day about hard work and talent <laughs> because talent man talent is great but talent don't show up all the time now don't yep. no, yeah. oh, mo- or you don't or you don't use it effectively or do you don't use it effectively period you yeah. know mm-hmm. so, that was like, that was yeah. that was roy that was what roy helped me with because i had a lot of talent but i was like effective wise like i always talk about this in the podcast is like I didn't make goal after three months of being an Air Force recruiter. Obviously, I could talk. I have no problem talking. Obviously, my Air yeah. Force stories, but yeah, but like, I remember like he always makes fun of me to this day still, but like, it's one of those things like you got to, you know, and that's what the, I talk about sharpening your sword a lot or sharpening your steel. Like find yeah. people to help you sharpen your steel because you have talents and things like that, that, you know, people can let you help you hone. And I think mm-hmm. in today's age, because of social media, because of Facebook, whatever people are like oh no i can just read it i don't need to ask anybody for help i could just read it or i could just watch a video about it i'm like no bro like there there is there is an element to human interaction that will never be Mm -hmm. never be um you know taken away from anything especially like you were talking about is people aren't used to being asked why why do you want that or why do you want this because people don't give a shit about that anymore like Find you people that actually like that's why I hate and love Roy at the same time. Cause I'll tell him some <laughs> shit and then he'll de- he'll destroy my fucking dream. <laughs> but right. but he's like, you know, this comes from a place of caring because you because yeah. you get excited and, and you're good at things, but you need someone to to level the playing field. But right. hey, you know, I always tell people it's like you find someone that does that for you. Don't find people that disagree with you all the time because realistically they just don't want it. They don't, they just don't care enough to, to break down your stuff because they don't care about you enough. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. You're right. 100% on that one. Yep. And I'm done. And, I, and I'm done. i tell you um you know how we can argue about iq versus eq all day right you know Mm -hmm. i I get so passionate about (laughs) intelligence man i really think that if not just the air force dod across the board or even corporate america right you know i think if we really really take the time and you know dig deep and really study and apply emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. in our environments or in 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 the work or corporate america or whatever you work at i think we will have um you know better productivity coming from our people they're gonna come to work a lot more happier they're gonna appreciate what they got instead of you know waiting uh, you know, is it Friday yet? Is Friday yet? Or whatever the case may be, right? But I really think as a leader, even when I was um, growing up, before I became a chief, you know, th- we don't have a lot of those, right? You know, no. and, and part of the reason why is because we're so mission focused, right? Mm-hmm. Mission focused. I'm not saying mission is not important, but if you're not 100% all in mentally, the mission is going to suffer regardless, right? No. So mm-hmm. when we have leaders who don't take the time, I mean, I learned this from a Lieutenant Colonel F-15 pilot that I worked for in England. I was just so amazed that he, his name was Lieutenant Colonel John Lucky Powell, right? I would not forget him because he is a a pilot. He was also a commander at OSS when I worked for him um, in a personnel career field as his CSS person. Like this man knew everybody's name, their first name, their wife's first name or spouse first name, their kid's name. 
I mean, like when we would go out and have a birthday celebration across the squadron, like he had that EQ freaking lockdown, right? Yeah. And everybody loved him, you know? And when you have a commander that truly genuinely reaches out and really like, you know, from the walk from, you know, like whatever, you know, from the office all the way to the cockpit or whatnot. And he has, he's having that conversation with that person. That's how he gets to know his people, right? I've also had pilots that they didn't even know they work with enlisted people before. I'm like, dude, what the, f like, really? Like the person that made sure your ass is safe before you got in there, you didn't know they were enlisted? Like seriously? Like, you know, so we have those type of leaders in the military. And I think if we can just like close the gap and really um, leverage emotional intelligence, it's freaking free 99. It doesn't cost nobody nothing, right? What mm -hmm. it costs you is your time. And a lot of people say, yeah. I don't have time. And oh, it yeah. irks me when they say, I don't have time, because that just tells you that they're not telling you anything factual, right? Yeah. They're just telling you that they are not in your priority. When somebody tells you, I don't have no time, it's because I can't fit you in my priority right now. It's not, it's not factual, period, at all, that, that they don't have time, because everybody got time. I mean, damn, Beyonce got 24-7, too, right? Just like, like <laughs> they don't get no extra hours hustling and trying to make all that money. That he has, they have the same 1440 minutes, right? Yep. Uh, in 86,400 seconds in a day, you know? So I always tell people, your first 10 minutes, if that shit, like, was effed up, Guess what? You don't want to waste the rest of freaking fourteen thirty nine or fourteen thirty minutes for the rest of your day to be jacked up, right? Everything yeah. starts with the mind, and if we can have that mental shift and that mental perspective that a lot of people are missing, man, we are gonna be in a freaking better place, right? But a lot of people just just can't get out of that freaking comfort zone or that prison that I say, or they kind of limit themselves in this fence, right? That they think they have this parameter. I can't go outside that fence or whatever, especially for people who are living in this bureaucratic time versus entrepreneurial time, right? A lot of people are so comfortable with living in the bureaucratic time because they're getting their paycheck. Oh, I'm getting $8.25 for the hour that I work, right? I know I'm going to get this much money. And they're happy with that. And, and the crazy part is, how could you just settle for something like that when you know that you can actually get more for the time that you put in, right? I mean, that's what I'm trying to teach my freaking teenager right now. He just turned 18. And like, Why the hell would you want to work at freaking Chick-fil-A when you can get a when you can go to the Air Force or, or go into firefighting and by the time you get that trade skill and you actually get the experience, you can be a freaking 22, 23 year old making six figures. What, yeah. what, what, you know, like, because their mindset are so limited, they are freaking yeah. stuck in their own minds and that's yeah. what's preventing a lot of people succeed and step outside of the comfort zone because the American dream is so limited in their heads and if they, crawl out of that fence, right? Mm. They don't know, um, they're scared that they might fail. And a lot of people are so scared of failure, but failure mm. is part of the freaking process. You know, it, you're not gonna learn yeah. nothing in this life without failure, right? It, so. it's, that, it's, that, it's that cultural societal shift in a way. Cause like, I know, and we always say it coming up in the military, like, oh, you guys aren't like us when I first came in or this or that. 
Like it, 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 for generations. it, it, surpass, <laughs> it, it, it really surpasses that because we talk about like the 80, 90s babies and all of that because they grew up in a time to where like, I, I remember the cord on the phone. I remember yeah. getting a, I remember getting a whooping with that yes. cord from the phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I seen the floor mounted televisions. I was around for AOL. I was around for <laughs> Instant Messenger and all that type of stuff. Right. So in a lot of ways, I grew up in times where I had to struggle. Like I look at my kids all the time and I just be looking at them. Well, I'm just like, you just complain. Just, just, just living. Like you just ain't got a care <laughs> in the world. Like nothing is wrong. And but yeah, then I, I think about it, I'm like, but you know what? In the same time, that's a crippling agent as well. To me, like, to me, like, I look at it all the time, like, with my son, like, oh, I'm like, bro, I am crippling you. I need to figure out a way we to make your life hard. Yeah, yeah, like, so when they join the military, a lot of times, like, my kids hear no and hell no and shut the hell up all the time. For a lot of people, when they join the military, that's the first time they've heard no. Yeah. They heard no, like yeah, no, like yeah. I can't call my I can't call my mama, no, yep, no. But my mama said, my mama And it, it's like, and we're trying to figure out, like to me, that's why I always say, like when it comes to like resiliency, yeah, that that is a cultural, societal, yeah, given trait that you learn from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So by the time you join the military you have a foundation built around resiliency. Right. So that's why when people join the, like in the military now, like, oh, you got to be resilient. I'm like, yo, some of these people don't even know how to cross the street. Yeah. Or let, wash their damn laundry. Or wash Dog. their laundry, let alone, yeah. let alone, like, over, be overcome. Like, this is my first girlfriend. That's my first boyfriend. Oh, my God, they, they want to leave. So we have to change the way we look at even just trying to help people because that's the first time they're hearing that stuff. That's the first time they're dealing with that stuff. So we got to go back to when they was like 12. I know. And you know, it's crazy you said that, you know, so as a career field manager for, you know, um, MTIs and MTOs, that was a huge struggle, right? Because my MTIs and MTOs, they're techs and master sergeants, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I had staff sergeants in MTO career field, but we've got airmen coming in. Like the average airman coming in when I was in that seat was about 21, 22 years old, right? And the crazy part is half of them don't have no damn driver's license, right? And then half of them, so either it's like, there's nothing in between. One is to the extreme. They don't have no driver's license. They've never washed their clothes or whatever, right? Yeah. And then because they either got Ubered by their parents or Ubered period or whatnot, and mm. they've never even worked at not nothing, right? Yeah. And then you've got the extreme that got somebody girl pregnant. They then got married. They got like <laughs> four kids with mortgage and like their debt coming to the military is like at least you know, 40 grand just on credit cards and cars alone, right? So there's nothing in between. But we had to shift our MTIs and MTOs mindset because you're saying how we grew up, right? We know resiliency, how we grew up, we know, man, shake that shit off, right? You know, like, so mm-hmm. what, man? They comes dime a dozen, go on, find you the next girl, <laughs> or the next boyfriend, right? Like, who cares, whatever, you know? But we had to talk because people were freaking killing themselves, right? It could be as simple as 
they got written up or they got their privileges because they're on yeah. you know in tech school you know you still have those privileges as far as hey what what mm -hmm. um you know privilege you whether you can go off base or whatnot like that could be something that is tra tragic to them and you're mm -hmm. thinking are you effing kidding me right now like are we really talking about this behind closed doors in my office because this what happened you yeah. know so we had to kind of change their mindset and say hey we grew up in a different era <laughs> the way we were raised be like man shut the hell up boy let's just keep up keep, keep <laughs> on moving right we can't say that to them because next thing you know they could have freaking attempted suicide right yeah. especially those relational issues you know and stuff like yeah. that but it's just so crazy how how to bridge that gap was so was so um daunting it was such a daunting task you know because when i was serving in that seat we had our suicide rate was so high right and we were trying to kind of like you know infuse human capital training and try bless you and trying to like really leverage that whole emotional intelligence let's take the time to really get to know these people because you know every life is is important right you know so whether it's something you know you know something small or minuscule or whatever in your eyes you have to be able to squint your ears and yep. freaking really listen because that is what we're missing these days that's why people are still freaking you know taking their own lives because they feel as though it's an option these days it's just one of those things that we have to accept that this generation is a little bit different than us they're not yeah. as resilient at us as us they did not grow up with a rubber butt right you know when when we yeah. grew up we, you had to learn about having a rubber butt because like if you don't if you fail and you don't got no rubber butt and you're 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 gonna get dragged by your parents and say get your ass mm -hmm. you know like <laughs> let's duct tape your knees because you fell off the bike and now you're bleeding you know what i'm saying like yeah. they, they 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 don't know that stuff that we went through but then again we got to shift our mindset and say you know what i don't know the stuff that they're going through as well because they live in an environment where it's so technologically infused they don't have any social skills anymore they don't go outside and play with your imaginary friend and dig dirt you know they never did that crap no. you know you don't come inside the house unless you see the damn light post turn on at, yeah. at night time right you know that's yeah. how we grew up like all right go go ahead and play with your friends but we live in a different society these, these days like i don't even want to you know let my kids go go you know because you just never know we've got yeah, crazy yeah. Crazy. like you know saying that it's a mental disorder now nah, i mean i mean come on man it's yeah, just yeah. crazy but no you're right it's like trying to bridge that gap as a leader is is so so hard but it's yeah. so so important you know because yeah you just never know how someone is going to hit that deepest pit in their life yeah. it could be a breakup of their first girlfriend or mm. or it could be an lor you just never know so we can't never really judge that come on man you know what i mean like but back in yeah. our day we just got slapped and be like all right keep it moving yeah. <laughs> like then you got chased <laughs> you know down the street like oh damn that hurt and that freaking like the tail end of that switch is the one that hurt the most you know what i'm saying so, yeah man but you're right though like roy was talking about we enabled them you know we enabled them so we're part of the freaking problem and oh I'm yeah that shit right now because i'm just like damn i freaking created that damn monster you know Man. but we didn't know no better when we were growing up because we grew up some of us grew up so hard that 
damn, I don't want my child to go through this shit, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You kind of like, all right, you know, I'm blessed now. I freaking did my thing. I work hard for this. I want to create a life that's better than what I had for my children. And them, these little freaking fools. Man. Man, don't get me started on this Man. one. Man. <laughs> yeah. episode right here now for hey, I'll try But to you know what I'm saying? It's just like, dang, we messed up. We messed up. Our yeah. generation. Like but it, it's it's a oh it's a it's an overarching thing and because I, I said this one time to one chief and he was talking about resiliency and he sat back and he thought about it he was just like man sorry like I have heard some things in my time he's like but boy you just you that that's it like yeah. that, <laughs> that, that that's it he's like and I'm actually one of the problems right there like. Oh, was that like, that brief you gave at Maxwell? Uh-huh. Like, he told me, I was just like, man, like, cause it's just sometimes, like you said, sometimes we just don't have to reinvent the wheel on a lot of different things. That's, and it took a lot of time to, like, if you read, like, a lot of self-help books, well, there's nothing different said from the other books. Mm-hmm. They, they all say essentially the exact same thing. They just yeah. say it. Different in a type. different way like yeah. that that's why it, it almost dawned on me when one day i was listening to like a motivational speak i'm just like you get paid to speak to Bro, motivate people like you, just to tell people that they that they trash and that they should be doing better yeah you sitting on your couch you ain't doing shit get up yo it blows your mind though because you got somebody who says it in a calm manner then you got people like eric thomas that says it like yo yo da 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 and depending on the personality you respond to the one that you're more comfortable with that's right yeah it, like it's like a chief like you got some chiefs like they talk you just be like eh, eh. yeah but you got some, like, they just got that swag to them. And they yeah. just say, they say two words. Like, you got it? I got it. I got it. Yep. Got it. <laughs> like, I got it. That's so right. It's just, yep. from a leadership yep. standpoint, you just have to try to be adjust. that, chame- adjust and be that chameleon and adapt to a lot of different situations to, to thrive. So, right. So, no. so, so question for you, so, since we're on this. So that transition from chief to now where you're currently at right now, Tell us about that, because obviously somebody brought you into Arbonne, right? Yes. So how? So one, I want to know how she how she got you, because like you said, we were brought we were brought up to like, nah, nah, we ain't playing with that. So so, yeah. so I want to know how she got you, and then obviously you know I'm I'm sure you know he or she I don't know if it was a girl or boy, but um yeah. Then you joined their team, and now right. they're kind of you know, and you kind of like. Obviously, you're like, I'm just, I, I want to, you know, and so yeah. tell us about that. So crazy, crazy story, right? So she didn't get me. I, I, I sought. You sought. Uh, the okay. Community, right? Yeah. So, you know, I tell people this, you know, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I, I curse here and there and stuff like that. I'm, really, <laughs> you yeah. know, don't judge me or whatever. Like, I'm a real person, right? So, but um, you, I was really struggling you know, yeah. when I retired or going into retirement. Yeah. As far as, you know, missing my airmen, I fed off of their energy. Yeah. I felt complete when I go into work and I come home and I help somebody out. Right. So I had such a huge void in my heart. How am I going to thrive when I retire? I know I have my kids yeah. and, you know, my family, but 
let, let's be real, like our kids get on our nerves, right? And there's only so much um, you can do with your kids comparable to what you had in the military the last 23 years of yeah. your life, right? Yeah. So, so Arbon came as an opportunity. I just, he, she was actually a mutual friend from one of my military training leaders who happened mm. to be one of the 12 OAY, right? So they yeah. were 12 mm. OAY together. And, you know, he kept telling her that, oh, you got to meet my chief. You got to meet my chief. You guys will get along or whatever. So Facebook, right? You know, Facebook is so great at that and stuff. And then I just started like, kind of like, I friend requested her, stalking her. And um, I, I, I was just watching, like, what is this Arbon thing, yeah. right? And I'm just like, man, I remember Arbon because I was introduced to Arbon when I was a young staff sergeant in. Yeah, Facebook. I mean, it's been around for. Right, yeah, yeah for 40 years. It's been around yeah. for 40 years. I ran when I was introduced to that because I'm like, you ain't about to get me. I ain't going to be the one <laughs> yeah. that you're going to get, right? You know, it's just not for me. And I was stupid then because I did not do my, my proper homework yeah. um, or whatever. But nine months. Prior to me retiring, I just watched them. And, and I was just so intrigued. I was so intrigued by the community, um, you know, that, that they had and, and some of the stuff that they were putting out there. And I've been in the health and wellness business for about a decade. I, I you know, I coach, I competed, I yeah. bodybuild. I, I had my own supplement company. I mean, I did it all, right, and stuff. So I was so intrigued by, by their nutrition line and what exactly they're doing. And I'm just like, I'm a coach. And the minimum amount of time that I can transform someone realistically in a safe way is about, you know, 60 to 90 days, right? But they're throwing yes. all this stuff about 30 days. And I was seeing all the transformation that they were having. So I just kind of watched for a little while and stuff. And, and then I would hit her up on Messenger and be yeah. like, start asking all these hard questions, right? Yeah. And then like real talk, she, so she was a master sergeant then and I was a chief. And she was actually like scared uh, of me because it's like, I don't know if it's, this chief is just trying to trump my knowledge about fitness or whatever, you know, and all that stuff. Cause I was asking the hard questions. And then, um, like shortly after I retired, so I stalked her, um, I would Facebook message her, ask the question <laughs> and I'll ghost her and I'll do it again, back and forth yeah. and all that type of stuff. Right. But for some reason, you know how, you know, God's plans for you, you just never know. But the damn Arbon was showing up in my dreams now. And I was yeah. just, you know, what the hell? Like, that's weird as hell, you know? One day I just woke up, you know what? What? I don't have nothing to lose. What if it does work for me, right? So I signed up, I hit her up and I said, look, I said, I'm just going to be real with you. Uh, I'm going to sign up, but I'm not going to sign up as a client. I'm going to go all in, but yeah. just know, just know that my, my reputation is on the line here. Yeah. So I don't know you like that, but I'm trusting you because we have a mutual trend, friend that I trust a lot. Yeah. So I said, this shit better work. Yeah. <laughs> I told her that this shit better work because, or I'm coming for you. Yeah. That's why I told her. That was my last statement <laughs> with her, right? And then she's like, oh my God, I don't even know what to <laughs> oh do. My God. I got my life. that's telling me like, uh, you know, so, but no kidding. It's just been the biggest blessing yeah. that I've had in my career. But going in, from from the environment as a military chief into uh you know a company as big as Arbon, it wasn't a huge shift for me because I kind of knew my my stands, right? Yeah. I knew that mm. she was a master sergeant, but I did not look at her as that. Like I looked yeah. at her as the 
um, national vice president in this company, right? Because it's the highest level that you can attain in our company. So that's how I viewed her. So I went in there in that mindset that I'm just an airman, right? Yeah. I am the new consultant. I'm going to be a sponge and I'm going to soak it all in. Whatever you tell me, I'm going to do as long as it's, you know, legal, ethical and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So no kidding. Um, she did all that. And, and she told me, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? And she just told me, Hey, this is kind of like our bread and butter, you know, find however many lives that you can change and stuff. And I was just blessed because I had a pretty solid network in the military and also my health and wellness yeah. fitness business. Cause I used to coach people too. Mm -hmm. So pretty much everybody that I coach kind of like got on the bandwagon with me. And I'm like, hey, y'all, I'm doing this thing. Y'all want to yeah. jump in? And then no kidding. Um, in the business, there's only four levels of promotion or management levels, right? So when I signed up in five days, I became a district manager. And the norm, normally, it takes about, you know, nine to 12 months, right? Oh, and, damn. You know, and, and that same month when I joined, I qualified for area manager, which is the second level of the business and I actually made area manager the following in, in one month. Right. So, yeah. and then the norm there is, yeah. is, is like, I think 18 to 24 months and then eight months into the business, I earned the regional vice president title where you actually earned, you yeah. know, Mercedes Benz cash rewards and everybody's just like, who the hell is this damn chick? Right. So <laughs> when I went into the team, they're yeah. like, what the heck? Like, who is this chick? Like, yeah. what is she doing? Like, like what kind of secret sauce did she, you know, um, <laughs> use to kind of like get, get this, you know, a uh, momentum in her business. Honestly, anybody that asked me that now, I tell them, I have no freaking idea what I was doing when, when I first came in, I yeah, just, just got jump in. <laughs> yeah. I just spoke from the heart. You know, you always have to come from a place of love, you know, yeah. in a network marketing business, in a oh, yeah. recruiting business, in any sales business, when you try to come at somebody trying to make a sale mm -hmm. and you sound salesy, they're going to get turned oh, off. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So I just didn't know how to do sales. And I think that was probably a blessing in disguise because I've never been in sales in my whole entire career or my yeah. whole life period. Right. So I don't know strategies for sale, but what I do know coming from a military background as a chief and, you know, having 23 years in my back pocket is how to talk to people how mm -hmm. i can connect to people through trust loyalty and commitment right you yeah. know we always hear about toc you got to put some toc there but my yeah. toc meaning is like trust loyalty and commitment and i always tell my people you've got to plant that seed of trust you got to sow that seed right because nobody is you're not going to be able to reap the harvest of loyalty and commitment this comes with any environment or yeah, corporate yeah. america military whatever right you have to be able to be that leader that plant that seed of trust, right? Because they're depending on you and vice versa, right? You know, so most people would actually automatically have trust on you already, or some people will kind of watch you a little bit before yeah. they can kind of like trust you. It just really depends. Right. So, but you as a person, you know, you have to have that initiative to actually plant that seed of trust, get that relationship, established right so that's kind of like how i run things um whether that's business or my personal life right i always try mm -hmm. to put forth the effort to try to build that relationship with someone get to know them before i have that arbon diarrhea coming out of my mouth right <laughs> so, but yeah that's just kind of like i don't want to say it was my strategy that's just my my gift i guess you know oh, yeah. like 
when I try to talk to people, when I try mm. to say, hey, girl, I'm telling you, like, this will change your life. Like, it, it, it did mine, you know, it did yeah. change my mom's life and a bunch of my other friends that kind of, like, you know, took a leap of faith with me. So, you know, that's kind of, like, how I got into the whole thing. And then two years strong now, you know, um, I'm only one, one um, level away from national vice president. And when I tell you, you know, my typical story, obviously, is not the norm, right and stuff but when i tell you if you have a decided heart to try to make um you know to change someone's life and and that's really what you're in here for mm. then you know the money is going to come along the way because i never knew that the compensation would be so gracious in a network marketing business because i never really studied the business model like that but mm. all i was looking for when i joined the the arbon company was the community i needed my my void filled with some type of camaraderie where I can pull off of somebody else's energy, someone who can fill my cup and somebody, someone that I can do the same for or whatever the case may be. That's why I initially joined and I've not had regrets then. I mean, it's probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever held because let's be real, like people, well, it's all um, oh my gosh, man, like the negative, my, I tell my people, my team all the time, I said, the battlefield that we go in every single day, you know, the battlefield when, like, let's say the cops, the defenders, you know, the battlefield mm -hmm. that they go in every day, it's pretty much like you're going into war every day, right? The battlefield we go in as recruiters, as as sales, as network marketers, whatever, is the freaking negative mindset, right? Yeah. Because people, uh, people are just, I mean, human, human nature, we're negatively wired, right? It takes a lot of effort to have positive affirmations said to us, you know, said to us by our own selves or some other people, whatever. We're so quick to always like feed and listen to all that freaking head trash, right? Because yeah, we were yeah. never trained growing up that you got to talk to yourself in a positive manner. Positive affirmation wasn't a thing when we were growing up, right? But listening to your head trash was a thing. It wasn't even talk to us it just yeah. freaking happened right that's that's just what happens that's why a lot of people don't succeed in whatever you know path they go into because that freaking head trash that belief is just so effed up that their mindset could not shift into gear that could propel them to into a momentum where they need to be right so i always tell people that like if your mindset's not right we need to fix that first because i'm telling you when that mindset shift happens, it's a freaking game changer. I'm pretty yeah. sure you guys probably see that in recruiting as well. You must have listened to the, uh, I listened to a podcast this morning by uh, Adam uh, Posner. He's going to be on the show um, in a couple of weeks, but all those main things you just talked about, like the first thing was, um, was like the LinkedIn thing. He's like, let's try something new people. He's like, don't add a connection and put a little sales shit in there. He's like, add a connection then build then you know post of what let let your connect see you work then right. after two weeks you know three whatever then you approach like hey what's up like da da da, da. i noticed you liked my things and blah blah, blah. and right. then um the other thing is, is was exactly what you just said i think i text roy kind of this this morning was um if you follow your passion the money will come but they said yeah. it in different manners they was like um at the end of the podcast with his guest he said what's one bit of information you think that has really propelled you to to stay in sales and recruiting and he said someone once told me is wouldn't it suck to climb the corporate rat ladder and realize that the ladder was on the wrong building 
That's right. Because 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 what you because what you want you know what your passion is and so forth. Um, so man, that is that is that's funny that you said all that because I literally listened to that this morning. <laughs> yeah, no real talk, man. It's just it's you know like what I wish for people, like especially when I approach people, you know, because I'm very picky with who's part of my dream team. You have right? to. It's not for everybody. You gotta hold your time. You hold your time close. Yeah, absolutely. You know. And what saddens me if, is the fact that you see the vision right yeah. in front of your eyes on what this business or this opportunity can have an impact on someone's life. But yeah. they're so um, negatively wired, they're just, their skepticism is, is basically preventing them to be great. You know, like, and a lot of people would, would even drop that scripture, oh, no weapons form against me, shall prosper or whatever. Hey, let's be real. The freaking weapon is in your mind. You're the one who's <laughs> preventing you to prosper. You yeah. know, it's not everybody else, you know. I mean, yeah. a lot of people probably, um, you know, allow, <laughs> uh, you know, somebody else's two cents to bankrupt them, right? You know, I tell my people all the time, like, look, if you're that type of person that you listen to everybody else's two cents and allow them to bankrupt your ass, I, I don't know how I can help you. But it starts <laughs> with, you know, you really changing, you know, that belief and getting that old jelly out of that donut out and put some new jelly in because that 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 stuff is not going to work. It's almost like, you know, you know, a dog that was strained to not mm. go outside of a perimeter fence and there's no damn fence. You know, yeah, the yeah. dog just sitting there because that's how he was he was yeah. trained, yeah. right? But the dog's mind is probably like, oh my God, I wonder how that would feel, you Instant. know, to kind of go across the field and just <laughs> freaking play in the mud, right? You know, yeah. but he sits still. That's that's what's wrong with people these days because nobody wanna take that risk. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, like the risk, you have to actually embrace any risk right yeah. or or getting outside of get get both feet out of that freaking comfort zone circle because the risks that we take are the catalyst that's going to fuel opportunities that you might not even thought about right mm -hmm. but you will never know what those opportunities that's going to fuel you or await you on the other side until you take that freaking leap of faith mm -hmm. you know so <laughs> what if you fail okay try again i mean damn you know, Thomas Edison failed how many times? A thousand. I can't even remember yeah. before them, you know, light bulb actually happened, right? You know, but so many people try, you know, like even in network marketing, I tell my people, how many times have you asked? You know, it takes about the fifth through the 15th exposure to what you're talking about mm -hmm. before somebody actually gets it, right? Same thing with mm -hmm. probably recruiting, right? Yeah. But you put in the work four times with this person and you gave up. I come in because I go hardcore. I talk to them about the same damn thing you talked about. They sign up with me and you mad at me. I'm like, you quit on her. I was the fifth exposure. And yep. I explained it a little bit different with passion, with, 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 with transparency, with, with authenticity. And I got the client, you mad at me. No, it don't work like that. How hard do you want to freaking get it? Like, are you going to be that first one to eat at the buffet table? Are you that hungry, right? Yeah, no. You know, and, and it, it, it just really depends. That's why, you know, comparison is the death of joy. You got to freaking focus on you. When you're in a business. Yes. 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 When you are in a business and in 
in, in a business so freaking savage like this, even in recruiting, right? You know, I tell them, I'm like, hey, I would rather be a lone wolf walking or climbing this freaking mountain than be a part of a herd that's going in the wrong direction, yeah, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> you can be that lone wolf, keep climbing, because yeah. you're gonna meet the same wolves that's climbing that could have taken a rest on the side and that could be a part of your team and you guys can freaking level up together right yeah. so i tell people all the time man like if 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 your why is so deep because the why is what's gonna propel you to freaking level up right if your why is not gonna um make you cry at night or wake you up at night or it doesn't freaking get you teary-eyed then you need to dig deeper about your why right? Yeah. Because the why is what propel people to go hard. The why is what keeps people right now in a toxic environment still grinding, right? Because yeah. they know yeah. that I got to freaking feed my family. As much as I hate this effing job, yeah. I'm going hard because my why is so deep that I can't do that to my family, right? Yeah. So I tell people, if, if, if your why is not deep enough, or if it's not your why, then you need to like do a real assessment about yourself and and figure out what the hell really you want to do when you grow up, right? So, yeah. yeah. It, it goes back to that, um, like how you were saying like that, that what we were taught, that risk, like we're, a lot of times we're taught and raised not to take risk. Um, yeah. That's why like we're like, oh no, you can't do that. Like you got it, like you said, you got to go to school. You got to go to college. You got to go into this career field. Yeah. You got to work on this, you got to work on that. And like you said, like that opportunity, people discount the opportunities that are afforded to them, but it may be packaged or presented in a way that they didn't expect. Right. Um, Like I I say it all the time, like you can, you can come in and let's say just like a small uh, smiles and giggles, uh, be a mechanic or something like that. But you may get into it and just fall in love with it. Right. And you would have never have done that if you had not taken that risk on yourself on that opportunity. Right. And it, it's like you said, fear, fear is, whew, so that's, uh, that's the root of all evil. So we are, so we are getting close to time. Yeah. Well, we're at time. So, so we always try and make sure we ask, you know, I'm sure we'll have you back. We are going to do a reunion after a year. <laughs> this, yeah, where, where, where's awesome. everybody, where's everybody at now? Um, but we always try and make sure, to ask, um, what does scared money don't make money mean to you? Scared money don't make money, <laughs> man. It's a lot. Actually, I was thinking about that when I looked in your website, scared money don't make money. I was like, that is a freaking catchy phrase. Right? Like, I was going to ask you guys how you guys came up with that phrase because I was super intrigued by it. You know, like scared money don't make money. To me, basically, it's it's a limiting belief, right? Yeah. Limiting factors, limiting belief that people have. If you're scared, like we're talking about this risk, right? We're talking about, you know, taking risk. A lot of people are too comfortable to just stay in the zone because that's what feeds their their soul, their minds or whatever. They're scared to step outside because the unknown is always scary for everybody, right? when 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 that phrase that you guys put together scared money don't make money is like 100 real talk because 
if you're scared to take a leap of faith with anything that you do, whether you're chasing money, whether you're chasing position, whether whatever you're chasing to level up, if you're not going to actually take that action, it's not going to make you money. Right. So that's kind of like how it caught my attention because you know what, that's 100% truth bomb right there because scared money don't make money because you know, if you're not going to really like take that leap of faith, you're going to stay where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's all about taking risks. It's all about, you know, um, you know, freaking taking that fear, you know, and crushing it. And then, so what if you fail or whatever, but what if it works? A lot of people would always say, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what if, what if it doesn't work? Like, I'm like, how about we shift that mindset and say, what if it does work? What if your $49 to actually start a business freaking take off? Like it did mine. Right. You know, but a lot of people won't ever think that until you kind of like propose to them, Hey, have you thought about this? And most of the time they're going to be like, no, like when I do, um, I have new consultants in my team and I actually have a zoom call with them. And I say, Hey, this is kind of like my onboarding team call, right. You know, for new consultants Mm. and I just welcome them and stuff. And they have no idea how that Zoom call is going to go. But I always put them on the spot. I ask them for their why. I said, so what made you join? Like, you know, and then I ask them three questions. Okay, you know, what's your why? Like, you know, why, what, most of the time it's their family. Okay, so, and then I'll ask them questions. I know that this could be a vehicle or a tool for you to actually make extra money. What is that dollar amount right now that you're looking for that could, that could help you level up, right? And, and almost always they're like, oh, I'm not prepared for this question. And I'm just like, well, you came into the business to have a side hustle, right? So what is that dollar amount? Are we looking at date money here? Or are we looking at childcare money? Or are we looking for your mortgage payment here? Because when you tell me what you want, I'm going to cater my training, my mentorship to you and how to get there as fast as you can. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. is this a matter of urgency? Or is this like, I want to go on a like date night, you know, at least every couple of you know, weeks or whatnot. Okay. So that's not urgency to me, but if you tell me, I don't even know how I'm going to pay my electric bill next month. I'm freaking going hard with you. Yeah, like Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> you about to leave yeah. your house, pick up the damn phone. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I tell people all the time, look, if I tell you, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars for you to make that phone call or reach out to that person that you think you're going to possibly change their life would you do it hell yeah everybody will do it right and if i tell you if that thousand dollar phone call that i just gave you is going to give you residual income for however many years you're going to stay in this company would you do it hell yeah you'd do it but why Mm -hmm. don't you do it because it's so hard to really just like apply the concept that i can work for me yeah it is okay to work for me. I can be my own boss. I, the only problem that people have is holding themselves accountable and having that discipline to say, you suck this week, right? And I tell them all the time, like, how would you rate yourself if you were your own boss and, and write your freaking performance report this week, right? Yeah. Because I tell them the way you grind this week, your paycheck is gonna reflect on Tuesday. Yeah. So if you didn't yeah. grind, don't be coming to me because you got freaking zero paycheck right what did you do last week so it's really up to you like how hard do you you cannot want it for them harder than they want 
for for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. But anyway, that's that's how that phrase means to me. Like, <laughs> or what? No, like, no you good. You good. You good. You good. You hit it. You hit it. You got it. Yeah. Uh, but that was a catchy phrase, though. I'm just like, hold on now, like that's that's what's up. Yeah, Roy brought that up. I don't know I, years ago we used to we used to mess around with that. Man, I I I really don't know how to. I mean, I it's one it's one of them things. A lot of people. I mean, people say it. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like people say it, but like it's just no one's like taking it. Like that's I think that's the biggest thing is whenever you know just to end it. Whenever we did start the podcast, you know I, I did market research. I was like, you know, <laughs> is, there, is there another podcast? Is and no one ever took it and took it turned it into something. And so I was like, all right, like this this was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm with you. So man. here we so here we are. <laughs> and yep. a lot of people, you know, talking about scared money don't make money everybody want to make that money right you know like oh, everybody yeah. wants to be a beast until it's time to freaking make uh do <laughs> you, right? you know and i tell people like you cannot be part of the one percent with a freaking work uh you know no. minimum wage work ethic right yeah. you can't mm-hmm. you've got to freaking grind harder you know you got to do what the one percent you know what the 99 percent are not willing to do to get to the one percent clan right and yeah and, takes a lot of freaking hard work it's not gonna happen there's no freaking shortcut right no. you know like we've seen it with everybody like you know except for of course the ones that you know have have had their you know luck or i mean not luck but you know but most of us kind of like work work hard for our money yeah. is it easy hell no i mean if it would be easy everybody would be on everybody it everybody right? would do it yeah everybody would do it yeah, man so no but i'm so i'm so grateful like i said we both we all feed off of everybody's energy i love you guys yep. energy here and kind of fed off of mine as well so i can do this all day like i told you i'm so <laughs> passionate and i miss this type of you know conversations mm-hmm. with my airmen with people period you know about life i mean it's yeah. really yep. not just recruiting it's it's yeah. all about life you know how can we fill each other's cups you know because you can't fill from an empty cup like right now my cup is filled just going off of y'all's to make you know to <laughs> have these conversations and stuff like that but i'm truly yeah. grateful that you guys asked me to be here today hopefully yeah. no we had to get help out you know the audience or whatever intended audience that we're actually trying to reach from you guys' podcast yep. yep so that's what we're doing um but now we appreciate you uh i only have you on facebook do you have an instagram too Instagram, I just deactivated. Me. Okay, okay. Instagram, too much damn drama, man. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> you, can, you, can catch her, you can catch her Facebook stories. <laughs> I, I watch them every day. They're hilarious. Uh, but no, yeah, but that's why I like you. Know, you know, you keep it real, and, and I'm all about I'm all about authenticity. That's how I rock. So, um, you know, I, that's why I told Roy like, I, I want her to do it because she she's real, and that's what I want. Um, so, uh, we appreciate y'all listening. We appreciate you, man, for hooking us up. Roy, you got any last minute any uh from your repertoire of big words? Oh no, I have no big words today. I took off my smart glasses because they was hurting my eyes. Um, so no big words today. <laughs> Time for daddy daycare to continue. You know what daddy I'm daycare. Lord, you, hey just, man, I feel you now. Just, just keep the hustle going, the grind don't stop, and um always like always just just try to evolve. Just keep evolving, evolving, evolving and you'll be good. Not per, not Amen. perfection, but uh, progress. That's a yep. Every day, every day above ground is a blessing. I tell you that now. Yep. Yeah. All every day, day above All ground right. is a blessing, and make it count. Make don't it count, count the day. Make it count now. Yep. That's it. So, uh, episode scare money don't make money. We out. <laughs>
they always be